You're listening to All Things Video, the podcast dedicated to uncovering the past and charting the future of the online video ecosystem. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and today's guest is Adam Frank, founder and CEO of Wizio. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah, we met recently, uh, and I've been privileged to come on board as an advisor to Wizio, so I'm a big fan of what you're building. But I thought we'd start and uh, take us back to the early days, right? I mean, tell us about your childhood, um, your parents, right? Like, what got you interested in building businesses? I'm, I'm curious what you were like as a kid. <laughs> okay, um, so I was born in Australia, and uh, my parents took me to Israel when I was eight years old. Um, and it was a very, I remember the cultural shock that I got one the first day I actually uh, landed here in Israel. Um, and then I thought, I think I just, I, I got a, like really spiced up when I joined the army. I was five years in the army here in Israel, uh, one year in the flight academy and the other four years as an officer in the Israeli Air Force Intelligence Units. And um, they really taught that, I think that was the first time where I actually got tools uh, and, and where they taught me to actually think outside the box and be extremely, extremely solution-oriented. Uh, in the Flight Academy, if you are not solution-oriented, you're out. And this, this is, I, I've been seeing that with many of my friends. Um, eventually, I was out as well, but not, not, <laughs> but not from that reason. So, yeah. uh, and the so, Israeli Army and Air Force has a reputation for being among the most disciplined and organized in the world. So I'm, I'm sure there's quite a bit to, uh, to the reputation. Right, and 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 part of the part of the 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 foundations or the bread and butter of of the, the of the army is um, debriefing, always debrief and debrief and debrief and you know um, understand, learn conclusions on how to become better for the next time, understand your mistakes, talk about them in an open manner, and try to be in a way try to think very very lean and and always come up with with uh, the most cheapest and, and effective solutions. Uh, to be better the next time. So that's actually something that I, that I um, really understood there. Um, and after the army, I, uh, I started learning computer science at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. And, and why that... computer science? <laughs> well, I actually eliminated, um, I, had a, I had a huge interest in, in, in music, but, um, but except music and computer, except music, I didn't really have any special passion to anything. Um, and I, and I really understood that, um, that with music, uh, you know, it, it's just most of the chances that, uh, that I won't be able to, uh, to, you know, like make a lot of money or like reach my full creative potential through music. So I started eliminating projects and started eliminating, um, uh, different, uh, type, different sectors. And eventually, you know, I eliminated most of the things, but computer science. So I said, Hey, you know, I, that's supposed to be something about that that's related to the future so let's study that and uh, this is how I actually ended up uh, moving to Jerusalem and, and studying computer science and not only that right you finished your computer science degree and you stuck around and got an MBA yeah I did I um so so that was a really funny story I, I didn't want to do my MBAs I just wanted to um to finish my my studies and and and, and move on but my friend he really was eager to do the MBA and he told me uh hey he, he's, he's called Itamar he said he said, Adam, I'm, I'm not going to do the MBA without you. So he actually um, logged into my email. He had his, he had my password. He sent uh, a message to the, to the MBA uh, school and um, faculty. And, and he said, like on my behalf, he said, Hey, I want to get accepted. Uh, these are my grades. Uh, please, you know, take me in. 
And they actually got back to me a few weeks later. He said, you know, t- telling me that I got accepted. No way like, that worked, huh? <laughs> and, 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 and he came to me and said, hey, Adam, you know, did you get accepted to this, uh, to the business school? And I was like, yeah, I, I can't remember applying. I was like, yeah, listen, I, I have to confess something. <laughs> so I was like, hey, dude, I'm not doing that. But he, he, he was like, listen, you know, let's just do it. It'll be fun. And, and eventually it was a huge, um, it was such a great decision because my final projects that my final project there actually um get, got me one step closer to all the machine learning uh, technologies our final project project was um was it was an amazing project that it, 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 it tried to figure out if there was any correlation between um trump's tweet it was at, at it was when they were you know in their in the election race it, we wanted to find correlations be- between their tweets and the change in the daily poll the next day oh that's interesting that was so we built a robot that actually extracted all of their tweets both tweets and then tried to understand in you know in a very sophisticated way what are the topics what is the sentiment and so on and we found crazy 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 correlations really um, wow you, you wouldn't believe like huh. you wouldn't believe just just to give you like one crazy correlation yeah when when um when trump uh spoke in a very sentence uh in a very um like we, we we analyzed tweets and we gave them grades uh sentiment grades from minus five to plus five so when trump spoke with a strong sentiment, even if it, a strong sentiment was, was like three plus. Positive or negative. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. And when it was strong, then usually his polls tended to go up the next day. And when Healy say said the same thing, the same topics with the same sentiment strength, her, uh, her polls tend to go down, tended to go down. Hmm. And, and that was that was just one of, of the, the most, the, one of the amazing insights that we, that we found out. And do you um, think that that's, a gender bias? Is it, you know, conservative versus liberal? Is it the audience? And what, what impacts that? Right. It was definitely, to me, to us, it was definitely a gender bias. Mm. Um, you know, we gave it an initial research, but that wasn't part of our project. Our project mm-hmm. was to find the correlations and, of and, course. and, not, and not to explain them. But, mm. but yeah, the initial explanation was, you know, gender, of course. Well, mm. we, we found crazy other uh, uh, correlations. What, the, the the most you would think that the most important topic would be um, uh, would be like financials and security and, and and things like that. But eventually, what really moved the needle was how much they trashed each other. Uh, the more trashed, the the more change in the polls uh, the day later. Wow. So. <laughs> so we we really found gold here. And if we would actually you know care enough and and sell this information to one of the parties, that that would. Do tremendous. Uh, 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 that would be tremendously. <laughs> yeah, it know. sounds like you have a future career as a political pundit or some sort of uh, research <laughs> analyst at the very least. That's fascinating. Right. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, how was. about Israeli politics? Have you applied uh, similar models, or is Israeli politics uh, as dynamic as U.S. Uh, races are? Right. So, so the, the answer is no, because uh, because two main reasons. First of all, it's it's in Hebrew, so all the NLP. Uh, 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 diagnosis is re- extremely harder uh, and you, you have to do like m- a lot of manipulations to get good results. And the other thing is that the, the, the Twitter movement uh, isn't so, um, isn't in, in the culture here in Israel to actually, you know, tweet five times a day when the, uh, to, to win the elections. So mm-hmm. 
and of course it there wasn't any elections at the time in Israel. Yeah. So it was just it was just a perfect project. Fair enough. Perfect timing. Well, I'm already seeing some parallels to your next the next stop on your journey, which is, you know, in 2012, you joined Talk Media, which was building this social network for discussing news, politics, current events, right? So you you come aboard as the CTO. How did you get connected with the Talk Media team? <laughs> so um, as a matter of fact, I didn't start as a CTO. I started as, as their QA um, during, uh, during uh, my studies. Um, and only after about a year, I was promoted to become a senior de a developer and then a senior developer. Uh, and very quickly, I became the CTO. Wow. Uh, so you climbed the <laughs> ladder all the way from, you know, entry level to the to the top. That's incredible. That, that was that was more luck than brains. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was extremely fortunate. I was extremely fortunate to um, to be in, in the right in the right time, you know, in the right position. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, um, and yeah, I heard about Talk Media by a, a friend of mine who interviewed there and he said, hey, you know, this is a great company in a, uh, backed by a great uh, VC here in Israel. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I'm very creative. And um, I heard that, you know, joining a mega company kills creativity uh, most of the times. And, you know, starting as a startup is, is a good direction to go. Um, so, so I, I just hopped on it. I went, I, I, I made it through my first interview. They, they were my first interview. Uh, I, I never interviewed to any, 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 that's before. all it took, huh? Yeah. You that's found all it. it took. Amazing. So it was, it was awesome. And, and yeah, and I like really fell in love with all the, the startup world with the, with the, with the, with the pace and the unknowns and, and, and the challenge. And, and fortunately in the, like, while I was the CTO, I was very, very close to Ron. Uh, the founder uh, and, and the CEO, and he taught me so many things. And it was just, you know, it was just a uh, private lesson that, uh, you know, for free. And, and I got it from, you know, one of the best founders in Israel. So to me, it was, it was, it was incredible. That's awesome. Very good. So that uh, helps you as you go on to found Wizio in 2016, right? Which is a service that helps creators get paid to produce these personalized videos for the followers with a special focus on mentorship, right? And building that connection, right? Thinking, you can probably describe this better than I can, but um, every creator has this audience that wants to hear from them, right? And oftentimes, they can't get the creator's attention or, you know, there's not an incentive for the creator to spend time there. So how do you remove those obstacles and allow the creators to connect with their followers and monetize that potential? I'm curious, you know, where did the original inspiration for Wizio come from? Right. So um, when, when, when I was a student, uh, I, met, I met my founder and one of my best friends, Idan, um, and we actually, we actually had a hard time uh, occasionally understanding lectures during university. So uh, after class, we would go and 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 you know see those the, the and, and see the, the the algorithms and learn all of the the classes through YouTubers who explain the materials way better than what we actually uh, could understand from our you know seventy year old lectures here in Israel, um, and and we actually fell in love. We we saw those amazing creators. Most of the time, there were very small creators who had a very loyal and niche uh, bay and and niche audience. Uh, who were exactly talking about what we needed to study and, 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 and complete our, our, our information from. So occasionally we had questions to those creators and we reached out to them. Uh, we would send them comments, we would DM them, we would email them about, you know, hey, this is what I, I'm stuck. I, I totally understood what, what you're saying, but here's my practice for my class. And could you really help me? Just give me five minutes of your time. And I would say that 
99% of creators ignored us. And it, to, to us, it was very unreasonable. We were like, hey, you know, we're, we're your followers. You're famous because of us. You're amazing because of us followers. Why are you ignoring us? Um, and then a few years later, something similar very happened. Something very similar happened to me. I actually, um, a few years ago, I decided I want to make a change in my life. And um, I want to stop being a couch potato. And uh, <laughs> so I signed up to the Ninja Warrior show. And, um, and you know, I said, that, that will be my drive. That will be my motivation. If they, will, if they will give me a call and say, hey, we're interested in you, I'm going to lose weight and I'm getting to the show. So, and that's what happened. I, they gave me a call. They said, hey, come for, for an audition. Um, and I started training. I lost 25 kilos. And eventually I got into the Ninja Warrior show. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing journey. Um, and, and actually, I really wanted a memo, uh, you know, to document and, and have a really great time of my and uh, have a really great memo of my journey. So I, I opened an, an Instagram channel and I documented everything there through nutrition and transformation and weight loss and, and entrepreneurship and, and so on. And, and pranks. Uh, I, I love doing pranks at my free time in my free time. Um, and I actually gained a few thousands of followers who were really interested in my style, in, in me, in who I am. Uh, and that was awesome. I actually became a social media creator myself. Um, and once I became a social media creator myself, two things happened. The first thing was I wanted to make money because everyone makes money in the social media world, right? So I, I took a look at the existing solutions and none of them actually fit. Um, I, I wasn't big enough to do influencer marketing and advertisement. I wasn't expert enough to offer courses. I wasn't famous enough to offer shout outs. I wasn't trendy enough to sell merch. I wasn't artistic or committed enough to offer exclusive content on Patreon, such an amazing platform. I wasn't needy enough to beg for tips. I wasn't businessy enough to build communities and websites. So eventually there were so many tools out there for creators, but none of them fit me. Um, and then, and then, I saw the opportunity. Um, my inbox was full of questions from my followers, which I totally ignored. And then everything clicked because I was one of the creators who ignored me five years ago or seven years ago when I was studying. And then we had this aha moment where we said, oh, oh my God, every creator is a potential mentor, advisor, and even a friend, but they just don't know it yet. And this is actually what Wizio does. Wizio surfaces that and actually empowers creators to be mentors, advisors, and even friends uh, without them knowing how to actually be a mentor. This is what we do. And the way we do it is by providing um, creators a variety of ways to have offline, personal, meaningful, short form relationships with their followers while Wizio takes care of all the rest but creating the content. We take care of the customer support, the feature development, the payments, the emails. Actually, Wizio, so what Wizio knows how to do best is to turn the demand for your attention, which you already have, into income. And that's, that's Wizio in a nutshell. Um, and, and the beauty about Wizio is that you don't need to know how to be a mentor. You sign up to Wizio within three clicks, you've got a ready-to-go profile, and, all, and Wizio is the conductor. So all you need to do is follow the instructions, and you will actually mentor your followers without even knowing how to do it. So that's incredible. I love that it is based on your experience, right? First, as someone on one side trying to get the attention of a creator, and then you stumble into being, a, a, you know, this small um, social media influencer, and you've got people who are interested in, in following your journey as, um, a, you know, a ninja warrior and your nutrition and habits and everything else. And uh, finally, it all clicks together. Oh, I can help other people uh, solve this problem and 
and engage with their followers, monetize this opportunity. That's really powerful. So I have, I have a million questions about creator economy and about Wizio, and I want to get to all that. But first, had you always considered yourself an entrepreneur? Did you, you think, you know, I'm going to go through university and once I finished, you know, before that military training, ultimately I'm going to build businesses or, you know, what ignited the spark for you there? Right. So, so that's, that's a good question. I, I never put in a lot of thought about my future. Um, I just knew that uh, I'm extremely creative. And, and that, that was actually, you know, something that led me since I was, since I remember myself, you know, in every situation, I, I was always the one who, who brought the out of the box solution. Um, but the, the, the main, the main, I would say, turning point where I actually understood that entrepreneurship is, is what I want to do is, um, is, 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 um, is because of Idan, my partner, he actually, uh, he had this bug of an uh, the entrepreneurship bug. And he came to me like for already, like for half a year before we quit our jobs. And he said, Adam, listen, you know, you're one of the most creative people I know. We have to do something. We have to build something together. Come on, let's do it. Come on, come on, come on. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable with, with my life. I, you know, I'm, I'm making a ton of, a ton of money now through my CTOing and, and, and I'm fine. And it's like, yeah, but you're missing, you're missing out. You, you have no idea what you're missing out. So he started sending me materials and he said, listen, Adam, give Give, give, give 30 minutes of research every day with the materials I send you. And, and trust me, you, 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 won't, you, you won't regret it. And, and once you get there, there's no way back. Uh, so I actually did it. I committed to 30 minutes a day and I read all of his, his um, materials he sent. He sent like the, the, the Y Combinator course and so many other amazing, amazing materials. And I actually totally fell in love with it immediately. I said, oh my God, this is for me. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and since then everything is history. So sounds like a good friend. Oh yeah. <laughs> How did he Don have all those resources? Is he entrepreneurial? Has he been involved in other ventures prior to this? Right. So, so he, he's definitely an entrepreneur by heart and, um, he, 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 uh, initiated many, many, th- many innovations. He was the head of stu- the student union in, in the Hebrew university. He brought so many things there. Um, he uh, he was a music producer and hmm. he, uh, he yeah and he made events and uh, all about all about music and 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 performances. So he really understands the life of being a creator and also understands the struggles of of a you know an, of an individual an individual non famous creator out there. I think that um, I hope he does. Parents won't hear this this uh, this uh, podcast, but both of his parents are from huge corporates and they've been working there all their life. I don't want to say the name, but um, it's huge. And 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 Idan probably saw what he doesn't want to be. Uh, I I would assume. And he said, you know what? I, I want I want the opposite. And he's actually living his dream. So that's great. And there are different paths, right? Sometimes some people want the corporate life, and that's fantastic. And then other people are drawn to building something from scratch, which is painful but rewarding, right? So good for him yeah. for finding that yeah. path for himself. Definitely. And, and, you know, luckily, luckily we, we both have this attitude of, um, you know, we didn't build a startup to, to, to get rich and to make money and, and whatever, right? We, mm-hmm. we built a startup to, 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 to do something meaningful, to, you know, to, to um, be ex- as creative as possible and, you know, without anyone trying to uh, limit us to a very, you know, to a very small scope of, 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 of decisions and, and, um, and as, so, you know, that, and that, that really fulfills us. That's, that's yeah. part of our, you know, that, that, we're living the dream. So um. amazing. What's the <laughs> hardest part? What's the, the biggest challenge of being a first time founder? Right. So um, we've been doing tons of mistakes uh, since day one. And um, I think that the hardest. So 
I'll, I'll start with with I'll start with the with the with the with the positive uh, outcome of the hardest part. The hardest part is that we're making tons of mistakes all the time. Luckily, um, we're single founders, but we're friends, and we went we went through all the hard times together. So you know, if I would never imagine myself being able to do in, in individually, right? To be a single founder. Luckily, luckily, you know, I've got Idan and he's, he's, he's not only a founder, he's, he's my friend as well. So, so that is, uh, you know, um, uh, that, that, that is the, the, the upside of that. Um, I believe that the hardest part, so every phase has its, its hardest part. That, that, that's, um, that's what I would say. Before, you know, raising your first dollar, the hardest part is to actually, you know, consult with people and try to understand what is your place in the world. And, and most of the people, um, not intentionally, but, you know, they tell you how impossible it is to, you know, bring your idea to life and how bad of an idea it is. Um, and, uh, and that, you know, we don't understand anything. And many times, you know, so many uh, experienced people came to us and, you know, um, told us all about their experience and, and why this will never work and why what we're doing is never gonna, you know, interest anyone. So every phase has its own challenges, building the product. It, um, and, and, you know, once you raise the initial pre-seed money, then you have to build a product. Building the product has all of its challenges. Um, employees who just decide that, you know, that it's, that they're fed up and that they leave and they, they just wanna leave. The developers who promise to, uh, uh, provide uh, some sort of uh, you know code until this deadline, and they're not even close to it. So really, every challenge is, and, and then you know raising the next uh, uh, rounds with investors who 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 sometimes it, does, it doesn't usually happen, but we've we've had a case where an investor, after I would say six months of due diligence. Uh, and, and while he said that he's in, 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 in you know, at, at, at the signing day, he just disappeared and never spoke mm. with us again. Wow, that's disappointing. And we, and, and we relied on that money. We were totally like yeah, hiring, hiring and, and doing things according to his, his uh, agreement and, and mm -hmm. commitment. So, so, and of course, and of course, touching the market and trying to understand what exactly would be the, the perfect market fit, the perfect uh, offering that you could actually uh, uh, um, differentiate yourself and be extremely valuable to the market. Um, I would say that part of the hardest ch challenge today is that there is a huge boom in the creator economy startups. Uh, during the past year, we, we're seeing over 200 or maybe 300 startups that uh, you know ha have just uh, been born during 2020, 2021. Uh, who are offering tools for creators and amazing solutions out there, and it's really um, it's really an art to distinguish yourself and to really try to understand how different you are from most for all from all of the companies and why us why we are going to actually be the ones who um, make it. Um, and, and of course, it's not go, go, only going to be one company; if it's going to be many companies that are going to make it. The market is mm -hmm. huge, but but it's always it's always the the race to trying to be different and not better. And you always have to reinvent yourself. You, if, if today we're different, it doesn't mean that we're gonna be different in six months from now or in a year from now. We always have to be two steps ahead of the market in that mindset. So that's, that's, that's quite of a challenge all the time. Yeah, for sure, right? I mean, you described a number of the prevalent problems uh, in the early days, but it's constant and it's across every part of the business. And it's awesome to have a co-founder um, who you can rely on, right? Someone who shares in the experience. And when you're having a tough day, they lift you up and vice versa. 
because getting through those challenges, especially early on, is um, is difficult, right? But it's a testament to sticking with it, and then it gets easier and easier, and you start to build something that you and you know the customers can be proud of. So that's awesome. I'm curious to better understand the Israeli startup community, right? I mean, we here in the states are familiar with some of the high-profile success stories, ways, right, which is acquired by Google, Nice Analytics, right. But um, what does the ecosystem look like in Tel Aviv and some of these other kind of Israeli startup hubs? Right. So Tel Aviv is kind of similar to, I, I would say, a hybrid of uh, New York and San Francisco in a way. Um, it's, 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 it's really packed with so many opportunities and uh, so many events around. Um, that being said, Idan and I were for, fortunate enough to actually build and initiate our startup in Jerusalem, which is, uh, which is totally out of the startup scene, out of the scope. I would, I would say that recently I read that Jerusalem is like number 50, the city number 50 in the world in the, the, the startup uh, uh, um, best cities to be at. But when we started in Jerusalem, there were like 50 startups or, or something like that. It was totally not an ecosystem. Um, and actually uh, we were fortunate enough to be funded by uh, a micro VC called Jump Speed by Ben Wiener. Ben Wiener was our first investor. He, he came to us and said, guys, you're two Jerusalemite uh, people. You're, you're have, you have a Jerusalemite company. Um, my whole agenda is to promote Jerusalemite startups. Uh, I totally believe in you. Here's my money. I don't care if you're going to complete your, your, your funding round or not. This is my money. I believe in you guys as founders. Go and do magic with it. So actually, um, we, 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 and we were really fortunate to, act, to, to, to be part of this new ecosystem that was born in Jerusalem. Um, and, you know, Ben's, uh, Jump Speed's money like quickly uh, ended up being a way bigger round. And, and a lot of them were Jerusalemite investors. We founded our company here and um, in Jerusalem, we hired Jerusalemite people. And we actually really were part of the, the, found, the, the founding team of the Jerusalemite ecosystem. Um, so that was awesome. That was like really living the dream. We felt like that, that was like the, the entrepreneur of the entrepreneurship. And, um, and that was awesome. We also got um, um, some, some grants because of the fact mm. that we built a company in Jerusalem and not in Tel Aviv. Mm. Uh, so that was that was a huge that was such a great kickstart. Uh, about a year ago, um, or not a year ago, after COVID, you know, um, we we moved to Tel Aviv because um, just because of the talent that it's, mm -hmm. it's extremely hard to find good talent um, not in Tel Aviv because uh, all the talent just moves there. Sure. Uh, so so now now we're living in the you know the regular startup ecosystem in Tel Aviv, which is, which is awesome. Uh, but, but together with it, uh, you know, there's a huge competition for talent, uh, which, you know, as a company, it, it's not, it's, it's not always good. Um, it's tough, you know, you have to, you have to give competitive uh, salaries and, and as a startup with limited resources, it's often, you know, a challenge, mm -hmm. but, um, but again, you have so many talent there. So it's, it's, it's just, um, it, it, it's just really great to, to, to be there like with all the big players out there. Yeah, there's that gravitational pull, right? I think the same is true for LA, right? When it comes to media and tech ventures or the Valley, right? Obviously the foundation of uh, a lot of the, the startup culture and New York, Boston, some of these other you know environments in LA or in the US where you've got that attraction, right? That, that need to be in and around you know talent investors opportunities they're kind of more nascent in those those places or natural in those places um, wow. let's talk a little bit more about the creator economy zooming out right if you had to make three predictions for the future of this space what would they be 
Oh, wow. Um, so first of all, I, so I, we believe that um, if content was king, now uh, the individual is going to be the new king. Um, we are seeing a huge trend towards um, independent creators who do not aim to be huge and big like, like in the past. Uh, they have a loyal fan base and they will actually be the future of knowledge. When I know when, when you got to study a new skill lately, but you know, usually you, you would find yourself searching for a new skill. You would stumble upon a very small social media creator somewhere, a YouTuber, an Instagrammer, someone, someone who really teaches you exactly what you need. And usually those creators are very, very small. And we actually believe that they will hold the future of knowledge, the future of education. So if, if 10 years ago you, you would um, get your knowledge from universities and, and uh, five years ago you would get the knowledge from info products and courses uh, from mega creators or influencers that actually um, taught you things, the future will actually be through those micro, micro creators who are awesome at exactly what, you know, specific things. And this is actually, um, you know, a new way of consuming knowledge and, and information. So this is actually one trend that we're seeing. Um, we're seeing another trend where followers um, want and uh, want to be more involved in the creator's journey. If 10 years ago, followers were only a view, five years ago, followers would probably be a like or a comment or a supporter on Patreon, for example. Followers today, because of the fact that we're talking about um, way more creators who are relatively smaller, followers feel like they could actually be more, uh, more of a, uh, more involved in their journey in the in the creator's journey so they reach out to them and they and they um and they and they have some sort of interaction with interactions with them and they want to be way more than a like or a comment uh so this is actually another trend that we're that we're foreseeing where where you know followers movement is going to be uh um uh, it's going to it's going to increase so these are the two main trends that we're actually seeing um and let me think about the third trend. <laughs> yeah, while you're thinking about it, I want to unpack that a little bit, right? The first thing you mentioned is kind of this general movement towards populism, right? So rather than placing our trust or learning from institutions, right, we're moving away from that and towards people. And, and the same is true in politics. That's why you have the rise of these, you know, individual celebrity personas and politicians the Donald Trumps, you know, on the right and the Ted Cruz's, but you also have AOC and Bernie, right? These people that are activating kind of these grassroots, really loyal fan bases. We're seeing the same thing play out in, uh, in companies, right? 30 years ago or previous generations, you would think about working for Microsoft, IBM, right? And now you've got, okay, the, the focus is on entrepreneurship or about people, right? It's not so much about the institution. It's not Amazon, it's Jeff Bezos. It's not, you know, Tesla, it's Elon Musk. So there's this kind of drive towards the cult of personality, which I think in many ways is, is a response to what social media has done. It's created that direct connection between um, individuals and uh, another individual personality creator on the other side. That was the kind of the first point. And then on the, the second point, um, that fans or followers have gone from being passive and uh, reactive to playing an active role in the content creation process, right? And, and that can be taken to extreme examples of live streaming and meetups. But then you also have, you know, I'm not just a TV viewer who will never meet the celebrity anymore. It's okay, there's a YouTube channel, I can comment, I can engage. Okay, now there's Patreon, I can support this person financially. Now it's being taken to even further extremes with platforms like 
um, now now where you can actually pay to vote on what a creator does in their content. There's platforms like Wizio where you can build a direct relationship with the creator that you love and get a response tailored and personalized just to you, right? That's a huge shift in, in entertainment being this one way, you know, mechanism to conversation, right? Now that the, the, the locus of power has shifted to individuals, we can create these dialogues and the entertainment landscape has become fragmented as a result because anyone can be a content producer, anyone can build an audience. Right, right, and, and, and totally. And, and actually a third trend would be that it's, this is just going to, uh, uh, to, to get, uh, to, get to, to boom. The creator economy today is estimated by 50 to 70 million creators out there. There are many studies that are, foreseeing, uh, that are projecting 150 to 300 million creators by 2025. It really depends on the research. Um, it makes total sense, uh, people. Are, and now with the metaverse, it's just becoming crazy where, where you know, everyone wants to shift from the real world to the di digital world and, and to at least have some sort of presence. Uh, people use social media now as their personal, uh, as their, um, I would say, personal um, a business card, a personal brand, branded business card. Everyone now is a personal brand. You are a personal brand of yourself. You know, you're doing this podcast. This this contributes to you as a podcaster or a potential. You know, so everyone everyone uh, is looking to um, to increase their social media presence. Um, and it's it's crazy because if you would ask um, children in the United States 20 years ago what they want to be when they would grow up, they would say astronauts and doctors. Today, re today's researchers say that 70% of the children want to be YouTubers. And that is crazy. So we're totally expecting to see way more creators uh, joining the, this, this economy. This you know, economy um, will, will get evolved and, and have so many um, different branches of, of ways to actually be and, and monetize and, and, and influence and, 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 and uh, acquire knowledge. So definitely that, that would be the third trend that uh, we're seeing now. Awesome. And as you think about these bigger trends, what does the future hold for Wizio? How do you factor all of this into your analysis and your future roadmap? Right. So one of our, one of our visions, our vision points is to make everyone reachable. Um, you know, it, it stuck, it's, it struck us, it struck me when I reached out to creators and they never answered. Uh, and, and, and it, it, oh, it strikes me when I try to reach creator uh, investors and they never answer me or, or any intellectuals or someone I could learn from, which, you know, it's not that they, it's not that they're bad people and ignore me. They just are too flooded that they don't even notice my existence, right? So um, Wizio is gonna start from the long tail creators. It's the, this is our go-to-market, those who like really have um, a, a lot of interest in joining the platform and, and having the time and availability to actually connect with their followers. But once this is gonna be a trend, where Wizio is the way to connect one-on-one -on -one with anyone in the world, with any, with any independent creator, then it's gonna bubble up to those medium-sized creators and then to the top, to the top tier creators. Just imagine, you know, Elon Musk comes to his followers every once in a while, says, Hey guys, you know, I want to give to the society back. I'm opening 20 spots in my Wizio account. Anyone who needs me, you know, pays 500 bucks for a five minute advice. Listen, all the money goes to charity. I don't need your money. Don't worry about it. But at least I'm going to be available for the ones who really, really, really need me. So that's, that's how we envision um, Wizio bubbling up from, from bottom to top. And then also expanding to different uh, areas outside social media. Just imagine politicians who, you know, who 
have their Wizio presence and, and tell their, uh, you know, advocates, hey guys, if, if you want my advice, if you want my opinion, just ping me on Wizio. Businessmen, B2B positions, you know, if, if, if me as an entrepreneur, I want to reach, you know, some sort of uh, uh, very luxurious B2B position in a big company, it's going to take quite a, you know, it's quite a while to actually reach that and build that relationship and reach that connection. Um, just imagine it's going to be a standard where everyone's going to have a Wizio. Um, some of them are going to, you know, earn, and some of them are going to, are going to um, donate the, the 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 revenue to to uh, donate the money to, to charity. But but again, it's going to be a standard because it's going to be part of an, a gesture, you know, to give back. So this is how we actually envision uh, where Wizio uh, uh, expands. I love that, right? Having a broader mission and sense of purpose and, and a clear vision of, you know, where's the creator economy going? How does Wizio empower that? And it's not just, obviously it starts with micro influencers, long tail, right? But there's this bigger opportunity for um, the mid-sized talent, traditional celebrities, right? Connecting anybody in the world, making them accessible. That's really powerful. Exactly, exactly. It, so uh, obviously you're so focused on Wizio, right? You're in the midst of building this from nothing, right? creating this new business and, and uh, attracting this new opportunity. But one of my favorite questions to ask everyone who comes on the show is if you were starting a business in the creator economy today, right? Knowing what you know now, where's the white space, right? For other entrepreneurs listening in, what are the problems that have not been solved yet and people should be thinking about? Wow. Um, so I would definitely think, so, so while I don't have an exact answer, I have a few areas of interest where I Great. think, uh, where I think should, be, you know, should be addressed. Um, all about NFTs, uh, but not in the but not in the not in the basic form of NFTs, like where you can buy a piece of art from a creator and trend it, uh, you know, and, and trade it. Um, we're talking about like the, the taking some sort of um, value from the social media uh, creators and actually through NFTs and using it in the real world, perhaps in the metaverse, perhaps in in, in something, join some sort of uh, community, create communities and clubs and memberships around that type of NFT value that you could actually get from those creators. I think that's a, that's a very interesting area to explore uh, and it's totally new and many, many opportunities there. I've seen interesting companies already who actually, um, for example, I've seen a company, I believe it's called Rally. They're awesome. They provide you know, tokens per creator, which you can invest in a creator. That's, that's, that's incredible. So, you know, that, that, that is awesome. That's the next step of 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 of, uh, of being a patron, of being a patron for 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 you know for someone. So um, I would say that NFT metaverse. There is some sort of interesting uh, connections that you could do there. Um, and and there 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 is another problem which which you know it's 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 not new but if if someone would be able to uh, find a uh, viable solution to increase exposure in a uh, for the long tail creators that would be that would be incredible uh, it's 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 extremely hard to do so because um, the social media channels they control the distribution of that and outside the social media channels uh, it's really hard to actually um, to actually make a difference uh, but but that is a pain the social media creators want exposure and they want revenue. These are the two main things that social media creators need. Um, the exposure, the exposure thing uh, wasn't really, isn't really solved un until today. Mm -hmm. So um, if someone would, would find any out of the box solution there, maybe by the way, increase their exposure through some sort of new social media channel in the metaverse. I don't know, but, uh, but 
these are the, these are the areas I would actually focus. For sure. And I think I'm hearing some common trends there, right? You need discovery tools, you need audience growth, you need monetization, you need these kind of virtual shared experiences, um, all of those, whether it's NFTs, metaverse, right? New technologies for investing in creators or enabling these new business models. That's really what's pushing the boundaries of the creator economy forward. That's what I get excited about, right? And it's awesome to see that unfolding as we get into this more decentralized era, uh, era of web 3.0, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. So very cool. Um, Adam, where can people find out more about you and more about Wizio? So um, you, you can find my uh, Instagram channel. It's Adam, uh, it's, it's Adam FRX. That's very easy to find me. Uh, and, um, you know, just Google Wizio.com or just Google Wizio and um, you could actually find a lot of information on Wizio. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and sharing your story. It's awesome to hear about the evolution of Wizio and your thoughts on the creator economy. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your perspective. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Thanks for tuning in. I'm James Creech, and this has been another edition of All Things Video. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll share and subscribe for new episodes. See you next time.